Hello and welcome to The Maidcast, the official podcast of the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment, a series of lectures on video game history as part of The Maid's ongoing effort to preserve history through teaching and displaying playable exhibits of rare games and consoles. Thank you for listening to The Maidcast. Uh, the support of listeners like you uh, helps keep The Maid up and running. Our new hours are 12 to 7 p.m. Wednesday and Thursday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Friday and Saturday, and 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays. I'm Red, and this week I sat down and interviewed Kate Woods and Michael Devine from Ziggurat Games. We had a great talk about what they do and their passion for reviving older titles for newer eyes. But first, we have a little bit of news to get into, and a little bit talk about i released a update on the situation of the podcast and how it's been going uh we're just going to be going on a little less of a a uh, little slower of a pace now with everything that everybody's been going through um so we're just looking for new help taking a little bit easy this has been going for as long as we can maintain it for a while but we're going to try and keep it going for as much as we can uh, so a little bit of news that we got right now, Overwatch 2 is out, Overwatch 2 is a Blizzard's sequel to a the highly successful kind of team match, uh, it is a great sequel so far, it is free to play, so go download that on any console or PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. There are a few new characters as well that are worth checking out, uh, the gameplay is now 5v5 instead of 4v4 and it has replaced the original overwatch the original overwatch is now a dead game but uh give this new one a shot uh it's been getting a lot of great reviews and it seems like a blast with the new modes and the new characters it's definitely a fun time worth checking out uh gotham knights uh is also a new game that has been released uh it is unfortunate that it has got such uh poor reviews some of the videos that i've seen of this game have been a little bit choppy not quite as polished as i believe it could have been uh it looks fun but it's not something that i would necessarily uh look for unless there are some updates that could be coming out in the future um but also Pokemon Scarlet and Violet will be releasing very soon. Those are the biggest things that I'm currently looking forward to. Uh, probably the next big game that I will be sinking my teeth into. There are so many new things that have been added to these Pokemon games that have been announced. So there are 18 gyms now. Instead of the traditional eight, there is a lot. There is a second storyline involving Team Star, which I believe. Uh, I believe it's called Team Star, <laughs> but they're essentially the Team Rocket of this world. Uh, there's a whole side story to do that. You get your legendary earlier on in this match as well. Getting it earlier on it has been a huge thing, which helps uh, you traverse the actual map. This is uh, just this map. This map looks incredible and huge and vibrant and lived in. This is going to be a fantastic addition to the Pokemon line of games. And I will be looking forward to playing it, as I'm sure many of you will as well. So, without any further ado, let's get into the interview with the people from Ziggurat Games. Hello, and welcome back to the Maidcast. Today, I am joined with Michael and 
uh, Kate from Ziggurat Interactive. Um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. So, uh, why don't you both introduce yourselves and what you both do at Ziggurat? Kate, if you'd like to go okay. first. I will take that one. Um, I am, a joke, the uh, uh, company mom. <laughs> <laughs> we are mom and dad of Ziggurat. Um, but really, uh, my focus is operations. I come from people and processes is really my area of expertise. So, uh, but in, in the meantime, I also oversee marketing. Um, finance and just really I, I make sure all the pieces work but the magic the magic happens with Michael <laughs> get out yeah. My, you're, so Michael you're a magician I hear yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well well, actually no she, she forgot one very important role that she has running this company which is she keeps me in check <laughs> Because, mm. because without, without keeping me in check, I think we'd go off the rails really, really quickly. But uh, but yeah, my, my, my part of the equation uh, is Senior Vice President of Business Development. Um, I, uh, I basically work on getting the opportunities uh, and the contracts and the partners uh, to uh, you know, bring into our fold that allows us to do what we do with our, our catalog of, of retro games. Um, and uh, I, I know I, I, I anticipate the next question, so I'll just go ahead and answer mm -hmm. it. Uh, I have been doing, I used to tell people I did this for 35 years. I actually did the math and I have been a liar. Mm. Uh, I'm doing this for 34 years, oh. hoping to, I know, sorry, sorry, full disclosure. I, yeah, you know, I can't do odds and evens on years. So that's why I came up with 34, <laughs> but uh uh, yeah, I am. Um, uh, I I started in this business in the 1980s, and uh, and like most people, I had to fight and and uh, struggle to get in because uh, um, it was it was really hard being in, in Southern California at the time. There weren't a lot of different uh, you know publishers and developers out here, uh, but I spent about two and a half years trying to get into the business, and eventually I did. And, uh, and I had a lot of stops along the way. Uh, the, probably the biggest one was almost seven years at 3DO. Mm. Uh, work, yeah, working, working there, working, starting at uh, a Western regional sales rep when there were almost no national accounts in the West, all the way up to, uh, to VP of sales there. And uh, also TDK and uh, some other places as well. And then about 10 years ago, I transitioned to the the digital gaming business, which was a big transition mm -hmm. for me anyway, and had to learn everything about Steam and uh, and the fact that everything wasn't based on how many uh, how many carts you wanted to produce. Mm -hmm. It was based on getting on people's platforms, and it's been a, it's been a crazy ride. But um, you know, uh, I have a super super soft spot for for retro gaming because. When I started, these very same games were just called gaming. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> so it's <laughs> yes, it, like some of the, <laughs> it's it's amazing how some of like if because yes, the in like video games have been around for like fifty plus years now at this point. Yeah. But still, hearing them being called retro games is still mm. it's still even weird for me. It's like I'm I'm a younger generation. I started with like. 
Super Nintendo, PlayStation One, uh, PlayStation Two, which is pretty. That's yeah, that's that's definitely old. <laughs> now it is, I, but because it's like it's stuff that I grew up playing, then it's it doesn't feel like that. It just feels like yeah. oh, that's just gaming, like you said. It's I, in college, I dated a girl because she had an Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I don't like saying that. I don't feel good about well, it. No, but... you should. That's a good reason. That's a good system. <laughs> <He's> like, is, <laughs> is, is, <laughs> Yeah. No feelings were hurt, I hope, but is yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh what is what is it that you guys do at Ziggurat? What is uh the main goal of Ziggurat? Because from what I've found out, I think like both Ziggurat and the Maid have a lot in common with kind of our main goals and missions to preserve games and make sure that they're playable for future generations well i feel what's what was really fun for us was we were doing the branding exercise and this was really the the birth of ziggurat um Mm -hmm. and we were all explaining our first interaction with gaming and we had a few of us in the room that were different ages life experiences um you know we're playing on different consoles but we were talking about those those moments where you lose time and space yeah and you're tactile, you're interacting physically and mentally in this alternative universe, and you got immense excitement. And it's, you know, I rewired your brain in that moment. And mm-hmm. even when you recollect on it, whether it's the game or that first experience, it's just truly something that changes you. And mm-hmm. for us, it was because, you know, we're talking about retro, and it's retro is so different for everyone. Uh, yeah. In our instance, it was really, we wanted to be that bridge that took the past and then the present with the new technologies. And we wanted to tie them together in a way with re- respect and that memory and honoring that that transportive moment that just um, opened your mind and truly excited you to the possibilities of playing in your imagination. And that really is what we do on a daily basis because uh, retro is different for everyone. Uh, we, we have a variety of different consoles that we are now working with the modern technology, but we're pulling forward or kind of all these different origins and, and that those feelings. But really, it comes down to allowing as many of those transformational, exciting, uh, visceral, joyous moments that all of us experience in being able to share it and pull things out of the archive so that we can reimagine those experiences to new audiences. That's amazing that's ex- very exciting to hear uh do you but like so some of the catalog that you have you guys have had like some old uh like arcade games that you've re- brought back you've had some old pc titles you've had some old titles from across a variety of different platforms are there any specific games that would be uh, either of your favorites that you've brought back to showcase to other people with cigarette? Well, absolutely. And, you know, and it really, that's such an individual question, right? Is, yeah. is, is what spurs your mind. And I, and I know that um, I was thinking as Kate was answering the question and you were asking it, I mean, you know, I started interactive gaming for real, for reals mm-hmm. uh, after college when I got my first Mac. And, uh, and there was no software except games. And, and so I started playing games. I had another friend who had a Mac. We started playing games. And, 
you know, the origin of, of retro gaming significantly, and of course, retro is depending on where you are and where you started and how long ago that is. I mean, people are looking nowadays at, you know, 2005 is retro gaming, and that's, that's cool. But uh, I think that, you know, one of the things about retro and what makes it so special, especially as you get to, to some of the, the, the 80s and 90s games, mm -hmm. is they were designed essentially without an internet. Yeah. They were designed without, you know, easy multiplayer. And so they tended to be games that you and your friends would crowd around a screen mm -hmm. and, you know, figure out together and collaboratively. And it was, it was you know, super, super fun. Um, and so as we kind of, and we have everything from that, from, you know, beginning graphical adventures all the way to, you know, things like Blood Rain that are, you know, a much more recent generation and, and a huge fan base, but that still remembers them in large part from an earlier part in their life and their, and their gameplay experience. But to answer your specific question, which I'm always really bad at answering specific <laughs> questions, I, I, okay, Kate, don't get so excited. She just, it's on, it's on record. We, we know corralling him is really hard, but I'm just going to say, I have always been in the modern era, a huge RTS fan. Mm -hmm. So I have a, a special, special place in my heart for KKND, Crush, Kill and Destroy, mm -hmm. which we have. And, uh, you know, we, we, it's doing really, really well on PC and we constantly discuss, you know, what we could do and how we could move that forward. But that's a that's a personal soft spot for me. I think I know Kate's answer, but do you? I'm just okay, I do. I think I do. I'm like a five year old now um, because we have this catalog, and every time that one of our team does like a deep dive on a title, I get like really excited. Um, and there's one in particular that I like the oddities and the rarities, and there's something called Zombie Dinos from Planet Zeltoid, and it's mm -hmm. just amazing. It's just <laughs> I, you can't explain it. I like I told my kids, I was like, just play it, and then they just kind of had this look on their face, like, what is happening? But you keep wanting to go and see what happens you next. Keep and wanting <laughs> to dip your toes in and find out more. Exactly. I, I, you, I'm dumbfounded. Yeah. I thought you were going to say a boy in his blob. Well, that one too, absolutely. A boy in his blob. Um, I would say, but when you can you talk about it enough, I do, and that's another <laughs> one too. That when you talk about a whole bunch of um individuals around, a, a, you know, doing gameplay, when I got the download code for Boy in His Blob because we we're in the process of doing ESRB, um, we did a wonderful recent limited run uh, for Bornis Blob. And uh, we had nine kids in the neighborhood that were all around and we were yelling about, you know, which of the jelly beans and trying to figure out the puzzle systems. And it just was mm -hmm. such a wonderful experience that, again, that reminded me of being little and having the neighborhood kids playing, you know, Super Mario 3. And, you know, in my case, you know, some of the earlier origins with the 2600, which is funny when you mentioned um, yeah. dating a girl with 3600. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have positive <laughs> memories. I, I Maybe maybe that's why people dated me as well. So it's okay. <laughs> I'm very content with that. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's, it's that piece where, you know, ask me in five minutes, Alex, because then I'm going to go on to yeah. another topic. And that's the joy of it, right? Is that yeah. you have this collection of favorites. And yes. we get to be the shepherds of collections of favorites to all the different, you know, age groups and the skills and abilities and, and different technologies and allowing people to access those delights. But, 
you know, and again, we're really, really pleased and excited to be here. But in, in asking that question, and I think I'm sure Kate feels the same way, you know, we have a group of people that we have brought into this company that just mirror everything that we're saying. I mean, you know, in, in production, in art, in, in, you know, in marketing, in development, uh, even in finance, you know, we have people that are retro gamers that absolutely love games. Uh, and, 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 and so the process of taking these games from acquisition all the way to either republishing or in a couple of cases, reimagining and publishing new, this isn't just Kate and I, this is every single member of our team feels that personal responsibility to get the best version of these games that they can out the door. And without that, you wouldn't be talking to us today. Mm -hmm. They really helped us invent this company. That's amazing. I mean, that's pretty much, that also answers a question I was going to ask about why do you do this work? And you, that is, sounds like a very, uh, it's, Noble, it warms my heart to hear that there are such a solid group of people that still want to help preserve. Uh, and because, like, there's there, there's all these, like, large titles that get preserved and, like, re-released. I mean, mm -hmm. Switch and, and Nintendo are very popular for just re-releasing everything. But that is still only a fraction of the gaming world, and they're very selective at what they do. Um, and it seems that you all are releasing some of the like wider breadth of what was fun, what was enjoyable, what connected people and gripped them to these games. You know, and, and every month um, Kate runs our monthly green lighting meeting and because it really talks to exactly what you're saying right is we have the big ones we know what the big ones are and and we're thrilled right yeah. and we're always looking at how can we do more but monthly green lighting is all about what is in our catalog what is in the and I, this is this is not an embellishment 600 titles that we own uh, at this point from a wide variety of sources is you know what can we bring to the front what what can you know what can we do we 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 have a retro uh, a monthly retro program we try to, and we're getting back to it, releasing you know at least one or two retro titles from our catalog, either on a monthly or quarterly basis. And some of them you would call obscure, but put 10 retro gamers together, and they're not. People know mm -hmm. them. People are aware of them. Um, I will, I'll tell you something that has not been publicly announced. Watch Kate's heart go up and down because I'm, yes, we will, in the next month or so, we're going to be announcing uh, our retro release of a top-down racer um you know which is a category that doesn't get enough love unless mm -hmm. you have wasted so many quarters in an arcane that you arcade you couldn't go to school yeah. um but we're actually really excited about it <laughs> we're, yeah. we're I mean, you know and it's not gonna it's not the biggest game in the world but it's really fun it's really well made and people liked it in the day and, and we love being part of the process of bringing games like that back to audiences for, and sometimes for the first time yeah right who have never played them so it's not just all about you know the blood rains and the boys and its blob we we have a a lot of catalog and we we try to give love uh, 365 days a year to the entire catalog and and as you probably know i'm sure you know they're not some of them are not that easy to get back, right? Yeah. To get them at the, in, like in a Windows environment or to bring them up from a, you know, console gaming. Sometimes they're really, really tough. Mm -hmm. And so we also look at that is how much, you know, how much uh, 
effort, how much finance, how much personnel, how much external partnership will we need? But when we can do it ourselves internally, um, it gives us a lot of latitude to bring some just classic, slightly smaller games to the market for, for fans to enjoy. It, it, and that's like an amazing thing because I feel like the video game industry has been a little bit lacking behind similar entertainment like film and movies because they can still go back in their catalog of decades to re-release films on DVD, Blu-ray, any of these mm. new... Uh, newer formats that still have them saved and available for uh, a newer audience, somebody who has yet to be yet been exposed to these classics. And I think that what Ziggurat is doing at preserving some of these older games is severely needed in the environment right now uh, because there are so many games whose like intellectual properties and their source codes just they just get forgotten and left behind and they were so impactful to so many people and just the gaming environment itself. It, they don't deserve to just kind of die a quiet, uh, like just a quiet death uh, for, on these old systems. We, and you know, we found, we found some really early in our process and we're, we're really new. We're really a toddler. I mean, we're coming up on three years. We're just learning to speak. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but we found early partnerships with other people at significant, significantly limited run, limited run games mm -hmm. who we kind of went and said, Hey, we got retro games and how interested would you be? And they embraced it. They literally said, we love this. This is needed. We want to do this. And early on, they were they've been a significant partner for us in getting it getting it out to a wider audience, not just playing the games, but getting collector versions mm -hmm. of games and getting, and getting packaging that, you know, of games going back to, you know, original carts and things of that nature. And so that was amazing for us to realize early on that we had the ability to even expand beyond the digital mm -hmm. to recreate some of those um, those initial ways of playing these games. Yeah, it's like, uh, like it. It's very exciting just to see, like, especially with the physical titles, too, because there are still like these systems are still around and they still exist and they can still play all these ancient games, not ancient, but all these games that have been forgotten and left to the breadth of everything. So they're like there. It's not necessarily retro if they're still like around. I mean, it's. It's just a continuum of like where games have come, where they're going, and like what they are now. Uh, so, with all that being said, is there anything that you're uh, that either of you, both of you, are excited for with the future of Ziggurat? Is there like a goal that you'd like? Is there a is there a point where you would be happy? Is there a point? Well, not. <laughs> Not necessarily in that phrasing exactly, but is there a point in the future that you're looking forward to to grow Ziggurat and what you guys do? I mean, there's so many things here. That question is, it's twofold because I think we've talked about the games in particular, yes. but as an organization, I'd say just like, you know, the marriage of old and new and evolution in a gaming organization is that we have this community and this collective. And um, a big inspiration of mine and a passion that we didn't quite talk about, which was uh, these providing an organization that really is focused on the people, uh, mm -hmm. the gamers alike, and are equanimous and really 
thoughtful as it relates to everyone. We have a very flex schedule, open organization that allows all kinds of people, however they want to present themselves to live and work and, and, and do their best work um, and follow their passion. And I would say we, as a result of that, we have so many different titles and, and different pieces coming up that are high contributors from our team to all the partners that we work with. And I think that every title we release are these little manifestations of not only the best of the best for the games and honoring those retro titles or these newer titles, but then evolving them. And we're moving into a new territory. There's there's a game in particular, Slave Zero X, where we're taking a, a Dreamcast title from 1999 and we're evolving it into um, what one of the developers have called the spiritual prequel, which is just uh, viscerally amazing. And it's a, a pure joy to play. You have to like pull controllers out of people's hands because the fighting sequences are uh, the things that like good addiction is made mm -hmm. out of. Yes. And uh, I think that's just, that is one of the many titles and the different aspects where we're able to bring community, people, talent, passion, dreams, and artistry together in a way that can bring joy to life and, and, and share it with the world, which it's, you know, like, like the museum and the foundation that you work for is, is essentially uh, it's like our fabric and going against it would be not, not making, you know, doing our work, right. Doing our life's work to honor the people. Yeah. I would answer, uh, well, first off, everything Kate said is just spot on. Um, I, I'm, I'll answer that a little bit differently since it's just the three of us and mm -hmm. nobody else is listening to this because it's going to be a little inside baseball stuff mm -hmm. um, because it, it really answers your question about where, 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 where we're going. Um, you know, we, we're a very small company. Mm -hmm. um, we don't do internal development. Everything is external. So we, we work at times with six to nine partners at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, and the very first thing we do uh, in our process, because as a small company, you can't start big. You have to start smaller. So mm -hmm. our, our first rung is, can we just turn the keys on the engine? Can we get it to work on PC? Can we, you know, do we have enough uh, original code or, or ROM or something that we, can, that we can make it work? What we have been, I think, fairly unique in doing um, because it's not just a single game, it's really a philosophy in multiple games, mm -hmm. is we go back to the original developers if they still exist. And in some cases, we're talking 20 years plus, and in some cases, a little less. And we go to them and say, hey, we, we, we picked up this title of yours, and we'd love to work with you to bring it back. And I mean, everything from people as well known as, you know, um, as way forward, uh, you know, working on uh, even though it weren't their titles, they worked on both Blob and and Blood Rain to you know uh, to smaller companies, uh, and we work with them, and that's really the the first rung. Uh, the the second rung is can we do an enhanced version? Can we take that original game and make some changes? to modernize it a little bit, to maybe make them work on, you know, 4K environments, full screen, something of that nature. It's more challenging than it sounds because in a lot of cases, we don't have the original code mm -hmm. and, and nobody has the original code, but we work on that as well. You know, and then the, the next rung, and every time we do this, financially it becomes, you know, more of a, uh, a risk, but what we're, we're dedicated to taking is, we take the original game and we just basically replace the footprint. 
we, we do new art, we do new sound, we do everything, but we really follow the path of that original game. Mm -hmm. um, and we've done that, uh, you know, in a number of cases. I think uh, one of the, the most successful there was we, uh, we did uh, Deadly Dozen, which is a really mm -hmm. a game that is not well known by a lot of people because it's a squad based World War II shooter, but with a big fan base and people really love it. And then that final rung is where we reimagine is that, you know, we take, uh, we, we just finished uh, uh, Prison Tycoon, for instance, and you could really say uh, the, the, the Slay Zero X, which we are super excited about, is the same thing, is we take everything that was there, but we let the developer really create it from scratch. And, and for us, you know, those, those are the pillars of, of how we approach retro. Um, and we get really, really excited. I mean, with the Blood Rain series, um, you know, the original developers were Terminal Reality. And, uh, and uh, you know, they hadn't done this kind of work in a while. And we approached them a couple of years ago now and just said, hey, we'd love you to work on these games. And I mean, they were like, we'd love to work on these games. We'd love to do this. And we've been almost in constant partnership with them just on this series. And we acquired another game called Terminal Velocity, which we'll be releasing, I think, later this year um, in just working with those original developers. So for us, the future in part is to continue to grow in what we can offer our consumers, mm -hmm. right? Is to continue to expand so that you see our products on PlayStation 5. You know, you see our products on, on, modern, on, on modern Xbox. And we're doing that. But the future is even bigger and brighter because as we continue to be successful and continue to expand, the scope of our projects can increase as well. Mm -hmm. And that's really where we are right now is we're looking on those, those dream projects that we can start that will take several years to do with amazing partners to really produce amazing versions of our classic games that's that's such so delightful to hear i am really looking i made it all up it's not true no, it's 100 it's 100 true okay don't hurt me okay it's like man i could really talk off the top of my head <laughs> words just come together uh yeah that's that's amazing i'm very excited to see what else is going to be coming out from ziggurat um, uh, I want to thank you both for also coming onto the podcast and joining us today and for the support and everything. Uh, we'd love uh, to eventually, I'm sure, have you on again for a more talk as we are running on uh, running out of time a little bit for this episode today. Mm -hmm. But uh, I am sure we will love we would absolutely have you back on again to talk about some more special releases from Ziggurat Interactive. But while we have a few minutes left, I wanted to ask uh, one of the maids and most important questions that we do to all of our new volunteers. Um, and I think you guys uh, may already have an idea of what this is, but what is your favorite game, uh, either currently or of previous time? Oh, mine's an easy one. Um, it's, it's the reason why uh, my parents did not let us have video games in the house. Um, it's, it's pole position. Uh, hmm. I would crawl in. So my parents kept the Atari in their bedroom. So I would mm -hmm. crawl into their room about a five-year-old and I'd snap on the TV that would make that initial like crackling sound. Mm -hmm. 
you know, kind of get rid of all that static. Um, mm-hmm. And then I would, I would get driving and pole position. And that was just like, to this day, you mentioned any driving games and I am, I am down for it. Um, you know, the sizzle of the crash and the beginning sounds of the, mm-hmm. the beeps. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, from that moment, when you talk about those transportive moments, uh, that was mine. And, and, you know, I, I live for all that feeling every time you, you start up a new game, but pole position is where it all started for me. Well, yeah, I, you know, it's funny when you, I, it's really hard to say one and they change, right? Yes. Cause you change, they change, but I will say just based on what Kate said, what's amazing in our current world because of, of the, the pandemic is Kate and I have only met in person one time. Mm-hmm. Which we are super, super close. At least I think. I'm not sure. I'm talking about that. <laughs> we're close. <laughs> but I, we're very close. But now that I know his pole position, I'm now going to add, and I will never drive with Kate. So that's like really cool. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but mine was, you know, we've established that I'm old. And I, I both of you are to blame for me saying that. But uh, anyway, so in the 1980s, like, my job was to fly to Walmart, Target, Toys R Us, you know, Babbage's, whatever, GameStop, and sell people stuff mm-hmm. and games. And... Uh, and I was actually afraid of flying. So, I mean, really afraid of flying. Like, take, I would be two days before I'd have to go somewhere, I would be like, oh my God, I'm going to have to get on a plane. Well, I got a Game Boy uh, Color, I think. And, um, and I popped in one of the first po- Pokemons. Mm-hmm. And I found, because they didn't make you turn off your electronic devices back then, I found that in takeoff and landing, um, playing Pokemon would just totally immerse me in the experience. And I just didn't think nearly as much about the plane hurtling into the air. Mm -hmm. And it evolved really quickly to, I would spend most of the flight just staring at my Pokemon, at my Game Boy and playing Pokemon. And I have about a 30 year run on playing every Pokemon classic RPG game known to man. I'm no longer afraid of flying just legendary Pokemon now. So that's a fair, that's a fair fear. Legendary status, Michael yeah. Devine. Right. <laughs> and why don't they have cheats? Darn it! I just want to get I know, there. I, I know. Game? I know. Uh, we'll see with yeah. this next generation coming out with Scarlet and Violet. Uh, I know. I can't wait. Violet. Actually, it feels like it's going to be. Uh, I've been out of the Pokemon loop for a minute, so this might draw yeah. me hey, back. Switch in rules. For now. Switch is amazing. Yes. By the way, just I'm, yeah. Just got a Hori split split pad pro so I can play on the go. Nice. Even we digress. That would be the second hour of the podcast. (laughs) But uh, so thank you very much, uh, Kate and Michael, for coming onto the podcast. Um, And thank you for doing what you both do at Ziggurat. And we're very excited to see what you're doing in the future. I think we loved being on it, didn't we, Kate? Absolutely. And thank you, thank you, Alex, for all the work that yeah, you do as well. You. It's like awesome. like company. It's so nice finding um, yes. you know, more more of the community and hanging out. Appreciate it. Well, th- thank you very much. And uh, I'm sure we will have you on again in the future to hear more updates. So thank you and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much kate and michael for joining us and talking to us about what you do at ziggurat um hopefully we will be in touch and talking about more of the exciting future things that you have coming out in the future um we will definitely be talking with you more soon thank you for listening and all of your interesting insight um so before we finish up the main game that i've been playing recently has been a lot of no man's sky uh with the 4.0 
Waypoint or Wayfinder update patch, they have really revamped this game yet again. Storage has been streamlined. You can now minutely control how difficult you want your game to be. Uh, this is now... I've said it before, but this is a remarkable game that has uh, definitely done all they can to prove themselves and make a fantastic experience for players. And it's all been free updates. So if you haven't checked out No Man's Sky, I recommend checking it out now. Uh, it's a very fun game to play. Uh, but now that that's been talked about, we want to thank you for listening to the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment's official podcast. If you have any thoughts, questions, corrections, or general museum ideas, please shoot us an email at info at the maid.org. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening to the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment's official podcast. If you have any thoughts, questions, corrections, or general museum ideas, please shoot us an email at info at the maid.org. Um, if you want to help volunteer on this podcast as well, uh, please shoot me an email at alex.kalpakoff at themade.org. That is A-L-E-X dot K-A-L-P-A-K-O-F-F at gmail dot, uh, sorry, at themade.org. Um, that's alex.kalpakoff at themade.org. Uh, we'd like to send out a big thank you to everyone who has donated recently and to our Patreon supporters who help keep the made afloat. Patreon donors get to listen to this podcast one week before it's released on major streaming services, and we will continue with that with future episodes every week. This week's episode was brought to you in part by Patreon donors uh, Dan Fobulik and Elliot B. Thank you very much for your donations. But uh, until next time, I'm Red, and thank you. We will see you next week. Also, uh, the schedule for next week is going to be uh, a few weekly episodes of uh, things that have been recorded previously that we have yet to release, and then we will get back into new episodes that will be every other week. So in the middle of November, expect a new episode every other week. And then we'll be moving from there. Thank you for listening. This has been the main cast.